a new EMT completes an application for employment with your organization. She looks outstanding, four years street experience, an associate's degree, some instructor certifications. Goodness, schedule an interview now. The interview is going well. She has lived up to your expectations. And then as the interview is coming to a close, she says, there is one more thing I wanted to know. I was hurt in a car accident off duty several years ago. Nothing that will prevent me from passing a work physical and I have no lifting restrictions, but I do have chronic pain and a medical marijuana card. Today, in this edition of the QMC EMS Board and Caller, we'll explore managing employees who use legalized marijuana. It's a budding problem. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Collar, news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. Well, your heart sinks, your pulse rate quickens, you have no idea what to do with this revelation. Can you hire her? Should you hire her? Are there any laws or policies? What to do now? You are not alone. Unfortunately, the answers are not clear-cut and in many cases shrouded in a plum of smoke. The stakes are very high if you make the wrong decisions. Laws in 33 states have legalized marijuana for medicinal purposes and some conditions are protected under the ADA, yet marijuana possession is still illegal according to federal law. Actually, because it is illegal federally, there are no federal employment laws or regulations that deal with potential discrimination claims or the lack of accommodation claims that might come from the hiring process. Every employer will need to address this growing issue by having a policy in place for both new hires and existing staff. There is one area of concern that every EMS and fire service needs to be aware of, compliance with the Drug-Free Workplace Act, or the DFWA. If you are a federal contractor, not a Medicare or Medicaid provider, being paid more than $100,000 a year, or if you are accepting any federal grant funding, including DOT, DHS, FEMA, and or USDA grants, then one of the provisions for getting the fundings or the grant and not being forced to pay it back is that you meet all of the requirements of the DFWA, which include one, policies that may prohibit any controlled substance used in the workplace as a condition of employment, two, some form of punitive action for any employee using a controlled substance on the job. Three, report any convictions of employees for using controlled substances while at work within 10 days. In talking with substance abuse experts in both law and law enforcement, their biggest challenge and therefore their biggest frustration is proving impairment. There are reliable tests for opioids, alcohol, and other substances. However, there are currently no tested reliable methods for establishing impairment levels related to marijuana. The best advice at this point in time is to craft a zero tolerance policy for any controlled substance drug use at work, 
include a statement that any suspicion of impairment or smell of substance on clothing will result in the person being sent home. You will have to decide corporately if taking them off a shift is with or without pay. You also should make sure that the person you're sending home is either driven or an Uber type service is provided. You can't send someone home under suspicion of impairment and then let them drive. To be blunt, folks, there are virtually no legal precedents related to public safety personnel at this point. However, the number of challenges are expected to grow as the use expands and the reasons for obtaining a medical marijuana card expand as well. We have an obligation to protect our organization, other staff members, and the public from impaired persons in the workplace, regardless of the substance type. If an employee tests positive after their actions cause harm to someone else, the agency is incredibly vulnerable to lawsuits because, as mentioned, there are no federal or state laws that say a company must accommodate the use of medical marijuana while on the job. So by not taking a stand, you assume all of the risks. There are also several untested theories, including the possibility that workers' compensation, line of duty death benefits, and life insurance benefits could be denied if the person tests positive for marijuana after an incident. Folks, make sure you have your attorney look at any policy you craft before releasing it. If you have union representation in your service, involving them in preliminary discussions surrounding the establishment or modification of any policy may save grievances and legal challenges later. What to do next? Grab some snacks, look over any policies that you currently have in place, examine your business to see if you meet the DFWA criteria, and then craft something that works for you and your leadership team. Thanks for taking time for this episode today. We hope you found it helpful and informative. It surely is a challenging subject. I appreciate you being here. My name is Gary Harbat. I'm the Director of Client Services with Bed Claims. Thanks for attending. And hey, be safe out there.